Good morning. It's April 26th, a somewhat overcast morning in New York, and this is your Indignity Morning Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Skoka, taking a look at the day and the news. Harry Belafonte died yesterday at the age of 96 in his own home in the apartment building that he bought out from under his racist landlord many decades ago. A more or less impeccable end to a more or less impeccable life from someone whose very presence made it seem as if justice were inevitable or ought to be inevitable, even as the actual pursuit of justice involved ferrying his own cash by hand over dangerous roads to keep the civil rights movement going. It's hard to imagine anyone ever using the power of celebrity to better ends more effectively for a longer time. Day two of the Tucker Carlson firing coverage brings lots of largely irreconcilable theories about the reason why he got fired. He was too insubordinate. He used a foul word to describe a female executive. He started talking religion in a way that reminded Rupert Murdoch of his recently discarded fiance. The Murdoch-owned Wall Street Journal attributes the firing to Lachlan Murdoch and not Rupert himself. Here's hoping everyone keeps on leaking and we keep on getting new and different stories. The front page of the Times checks in on the story of Anheuser-Busch caving to backlash against its marketing engagement with a trans social media influencer, a backlash which the Times describes as part of a broader revolt against transgender rights, which is a strangely forgiving way of describing a nationwide campaign of political harassment. Again, it's not even like Bud Light took out commercials during the Super Bowl telling people they had to be trans. They just did some beer marketing within a trans-friendly context, and people not occupying that context sought it out and decided to launch a crusade against it. And instead of telling them to go to hell or just doing nothing and waiting for them to shut up and go away, Anheuser Bush decided to capitulate to them. It's strange to characterize as a revolt something where people went out and picked a fight over something that didn't concern them one way or another. But then when you take the jump on the beer story and get to page A15, the Times offers you Montana lawmakers clash on health care for transgender youth, which is, again, a remarkably forgiving description of that chapter in the anti-trans crusade in which Republican legislators are preparing to ban even hormone treatment for trans minors and refusing to allow a dissenting trans legislator to speak after she told them earlier in the week that they would have blood on their hands for passing the measure. Just a little normal, vigorous political clash between two sides of an issue. And the front page of the Times also reports that rapidly rising interest rates have intensified concerns that the New York City office market, the largest in the country and a pillar of the city's economy, could be at grave risk. Seems like maybe the people who raised the interest rates might have wanted to think about that before they did it. It's strange how the policy of deliberately trying to cool off the economy keeps producing negative economic outcomes. And New York Mayor Eric Adams this morning announced that he will be announcing that he will not demand budget cuts from the public libraries, as he had previously said he would. Cuts to the schools and to food assistance remain in play, and there's no plan to do anything about the runaway overtime expenses for the police, which involve much more money than would be squeezed out of the libraries, schools, or anything else. That's the news. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe and support Indignity, and we will talk again tomorrow.